we learn more about healthy diets, about eating the right kind of fats and avoiding the wrong kind of fats. We talk to a local GP who's been following the research, and he will help us sort out our omega sixes from our omega threes. You're listening to the Science Show on Cambridge 105. In this section called Scientists at Work, we talk to people who, for some reason or another, find themselves working, researching, or thinking about science in Cambridge, England. Doctors made news this week criticising the commercial sponsors of the Olympic Games. Just a glance at the sponsors list is enough to see what's amiss. We see a fizzy drink company, a fast food restaurant and a chocolate brand. We won't name them. I doubt if we need to. It's incongruous, isn't it? But do we think the press is always picking on these easy targets? Well, yes, they probably are easy targets. But we need to talk to someone qualified to comment. So I went looking. And I found a YouTube video made by a Cambridge GP, Dr Simon Paul. We'll give you the link to it later. But the gist of it is that Dr Paul is very keen on advice on diet. He talks about the sports sponsorship in the Olympics and the misleading kind of labelling that you find on foods, such as finding a low-fat yoghurt, which is worryingly high in sugar. The doctor runs a website that's packed with evidence that the Mediterranean diet is the kind of diet we might aspire to, so I talked to Dr. Paul earlier in the week. Noticed a burger restaurant. How useful is that to you? It doesn't prove to be very useful to me. It's for, I think, people eating on the move, fast food. So people are refueling rather than eating. And they're certainly getting the fuel packed in at an average of about 1,500 calories. Almost getting all towards your recommended calorie intake for the day. OK. I can't work out what's good for me. OK. Can you help me with that? Give me the hard stuff. Well, I'll give you nutrition in 60 seconds, if you Mm -hmm. like. Essentially, we've got three types of of macronutrients, which are the nutrients we need on a big scale, which are carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And in the 1990s, there was a general belief, which was promoted by government, that we should be on a high-carb, low-fat diet. But it's been shown, actually, that that is fundamentally flawed because it doesn't take into account the fact that there are good carbohydrates and there are not-so-good carbohydrates, and there are good fats and there are not-so-good fats. So actually, we should be modifying our diet to maximise our intake of the good carbs and of the good fats. So, for example, in carbohydrates, you can have carbohydrates with what we call a high glycemic index and carbohydrates with a low glycemic index. And the high glycemic index carbohydrates are those which release their sugars really quickly when they get into our bodies. We get a sugar rush and our bodies respond with the hormone insulin. uh, And eventually, our our response becomes less sensitive uh, to those high sugary carbohydrates and we have a risk of putting on weight and becoming diabetic. So what we need to do in terms of our uh, our carbohydrates is try to have moderate amounts of carbohydrates and go for low GI carbohydrates, which are essentially things with fiber, wholemeal, brown rice instead of white, wholemeal bread instead of white bread, the kind of carbohydrates that lock their sugars in and release them over a long period of time. So that's the first thing about carbohydrates. And then fats is another fascinating story because equally there are bad fats, for example, saturated fats, which lead eventually to heart disease and cancers in some cases, and good fats, such as monounsaturated fats, which are found, for example, in avocado 
and olive oil. And so the good fats and the low glycemic index carbohydrates tend to exist in what we call traditionally the Mediterranean diet, which is a diet which is not only full of good fats as opposed to the bad saturated fats and good carbs as opposed to the high GI carbs, but also full of antioxidants, fruit, vegetables, and other really good nutrients. Okay. The fats thing. Unsaturated, saturated, smoke point, Okay. What's going on? What's the bottom line? Okay. Well, there is now accumulating compelling evidence that saturated fat, high saturated fat intakes are associated with risks of heart disease. And there was a professor in the 1970s and 80s in the States called Ansel Keys who discovered that the low saturated fat intake in the Mediterranean probably was one of the influences that caused people in the Mediterranean to live longer and more healthy lives. And so there is now that body of evidence which shows that we should be reducing our saturated fat. So milk is good for you because it contains calcium and other vitamins, but actually none of those are lost if we reduce the saturated fat down from the full fat to the semi-skimmed or even the skimmed. Butter, again, is a product which does contain some nutrients, but it also is quite high in saturated fat, as are other high-fat dairy products, and also meat, red meat in particular, which very fatty red meat contains lots of saturated fat. So we should be cutting down on those. And olive oil is good for you. There is no doubt about that. The, the evidence is, is, as I say, absolutely compelling. It's good for you not only because it contains good fats, which reduce your cholesterol levels uh, and reduce your risks of heart disease, but it also contains antioxidants. These are chemicals that are quite rich in fruit and in vegetables. And so it's no coincidence that there are lots of antioxidants in olive oil because olive oil, of course, is a fruit juice. Unlike rapeseed oil and, and sunflower oil, olive oil is, is, is a fruit juice. And so if we consume it, either as a dressing or cooked, we will get some of those powerful uh, antioxidants. And as I say, they're rich not only in, in, in uh, olive oil, but also in highly coloured fruits uh, and, and also some vegetables. Okay. Omega-3, what is that all about? Well, omega-3 is a type of, a type of fat. You don't get much omega-3 in, in olive oil. You do get some omega-3s in, in, in rapeseed oil, for example, which is a plant-based omega-3, but you also get lots of omega-3s from oily fish. And there is some, some good science to show that uh, oily fish intake is associated with a decreased risk of, of heart disease and heart attacks and sudden heart irregularities. So omega-3s in the diet are also important, which we can get from fish. And of course, fish in the Mediterranean diet, again, is, is, is quite a common element to the diet. But interestingly, we can also get omega-3 uh, fats, which again are a type of good fat. We can also get omega-3 uh, fats from some plants. And there's a wonderful story from researchers which, who, who found that the uh, people in the interior of Crete had quite high omega-3 levels in their, in, their, in their blood. And they couldn't quite understand that because these people from the interior of Crete were not really eating very much fish because mm. in those days they didn't go to, the, go to the coast very much. And they discovered that actually they were getting their uh, omega-3s um, from a plant source. And what was happening is chickens were eating a, a parsley-type weed called purslane, 
on the island uh, and they, that was very rich in plant-based omega-3s and they were concentrating their omega-3s into their eggs and so the chicken meat as well as the, uh, as well as the eggs were, were quite rich in omega-3s and that's a lovely story which actually has been translated into a food product because you can now buy I think in some, in, in some places omega-3 enriched eggs which is where chickens are fed with, with feeds which are high in omega-3s. There was some recent very elegant research coming out of Maastricht University which showed that the Mediterranean style diet and lifestyle which is about burning up the calories through, through, through good exercise as well can add as much as an average of 15 years to life and yet an enormous frustration to me working in the NHS that we spend less than 4% of the NHS budget on health promotion mm-hmm. and yet we know that health in particular diet and lifestyle and exercise can have so much of an impact on people's lives and their likelihood of, 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 of becoming ill. People have been talking about frying in oils and this being bad for you. Where did this information come from? Well, if you fry with oils, there is some loss of some of the micronutrients in particular. Um, so if you fry, uh, any oil will diminish in terms of the micronutrients. And also some of the fats can change as you fry with oil so that they can become saturated or, or trans fats, which are um, obviously not good for you. Smoke points is the point at which these uh, chemicals start to change. So there's been a lot of talk about rapeseed oil, which has a higher smoke point than, for example, olive oil. The argument is the rapeseed oil must be better for you because the fats change at a higher temperature. The reality is that there was a very big study that came out about three or four months ago, which reviewed all the studies on the intake of fried food, and they found absolutely no association with an increased risk of illness, in particular heart disease, with frying in olive oil. So olive oil, following that study, which came from Spain, where it was substantial numbers of, of Spanish people frying regularly in olive oil, there was no increased risk of heart disease. And it seems that if you fry with, with a good quality oil, frying with extra virgin olive oil is probably better than, than frying with any other type of oil. It's quite expensive, but what I, my tip is that you don't overheat things Obviously, it's important to cook uh, chicken and other meat properly, and you can be confident that the latest research shows that it doesn't increase your risk of heart disease um, or stroke as a consequence of using olive oil. The difference between good fats and bad fats. Talk chemistry. Okay, talk chemistry. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The ugly first, trans fats. Trans fats are really bad fats, which have been historically used in the fast food industry and in, and in frying, uh, deep frying. They're very cheap fats to produce. They've been used in baking and they are seriously harmful. In fact, so harmful that there are countries in Europe who have banned them. So Denmark and Switzerland recently banned trans fats. Our government has not banned them. They are being re- reduced in, in, in quantities being used because, because people have to label that their products contain trans fats, otherwise known as hydrogenated fats. But there was a recent article in the British Medical Journal which suggested that as many as 7,000 deaths a year in this country might be as a consequence of the use of trans fats. So always look to make sure that what you buy is free of hydrogenated fats, particularly on biscuits and so on. You can't clearly get labelled fast food. You, you, know, you just need to be careful about avoiding trans fats. Saturated fats, as I said, are in high-fat dairy products, and in meat products in particular. And again, things are labelled in the supermarket, so again, try and reduce those saturated fats because they do lead to increased risks of of heart disease and increased cholesterol. Then there are some good fats, and there are some good fats that are good polyunsaturated fats, 
which are omega-3s and omega-6s. Omega-3s are the fats that we get in fish oils and also in some plant-based products, like flaxseed, for example, is a nice, um, good, rich source of omega-3s. They've been shown to be good for you. Omega-6s are, are polyunsaturates that are in quite a lot of seeds and were also present in margarines, particularly in the 90s. But for you to get maximum benefit from your omega-3s, which are good for you, we need to reduce our omega-6s in our diet. And so the, the, the margarine industry has removed their uh, fortified omega-6 margarines because actually there was some evidence that we were getting too many omega-6s in relation to the omega-3s. The ratio of about 20 to 1 needs to be about 1 to 1. So baked product again, products, again, contain quite a lot of omega-6s, um, and so they're reducing the levels of omega-6 polyunsaturates in those. And then finally, we come to monounsaturated fats, which are the really good fats. These are the fats which have been shown time and time again to reduce cholesterol levels and to help and support your blood vessels and your cardiovascular system. Um, and they are present very much in olive oil. And so those, those monounsaturated fats, also known as, known as omega-9s, if you want your chemistry, are really positively good for you. And we should be consuming more of those. And those are present, as I say, in things like olive oil, um, in, uh, in, in avocados uh, as well. So they're in, they're in, in, in fruits um, that, produce, that produce fats. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Simon. Well, that was Dr. Simon Poole. What did you think of his advice? I thought that Dr. Poole had plenty to offer. I need to know more, and I think I need to eat less. It's all pretty sobering. He mentioned, for example, the intriguing fact that the herb rosemary is a feature of the Mediterranean diet, and it contains aspirin-like substances called salicylates. And you just might know that low levels of aspirins are used daily to help people at some risk of stroke. Well, people are starting to put two and two together. Dr. Paul does give talks. He gives talks to community groups and he's easily contacted by his website. Just search for The Taste of the Mediterranean or go to www.tasteofthemed.com. That's pretty much all for today's show. Scientists at Work is made by the Science Show team on Community Radio Cambridge 105. You can also find past episodes on the website www.cambridge105.fm You can also subscribe to future podcasts with the iTunes store. You can get in touch with us on the email science at cambridge105.fm or on Twitter at 105science. Till next time, it's bye from The Science Show. You're listening to The Science Show on Cambridge 105. <laughs>